You're Out of Formation, and I'm your host, Mutton. With me tonight are... Aries. Negative nine. And what's 82? Today we're going to be having an episode, starting with the rebuke on backfield casters led by negative nine. What could have and what shouldn't have been... Our From the Front will be a spotlight on TempleCon. And finally, for our faction for the night, will be Cador. Let's start off with the rebuke. Minus nine, you have the floor. All right. Recently, I've been taking a swing at playing the whore, squishy, spell-slinging warlocks. For me, that means Calandra and Vale as I dabble in Legion. One thing I concluded is that property presses failed to adequately compensate for the lack of art nodes and whores. Most of these type of warlocks. Hordes takes warlocks that have a stat line to be backfield casters and forces them into the midfield without any balance and increase in abilities. In order to emphasize this point, we'll, com- we'll compare and contrast the best examples Privateer Press has put forth as a backfield caster in one of their more mediocre attempts. At this point, I will define what makes a successful backfield caster. First, foremost, they must be able to, s- be able to support their army from a position of safety either through long range, control- long range controls, area spells, or potent upkeeps. Next, they must have a defense mechanism in play to defend against the occasional hit. Now, two defended, two boosted defender shots on any caster, and they deserve to die. But a little boosted blast damage or someone getting line of sight that's not really an assassination run, something to help out in that instance. Well, prior to the January 29th update, the best example of this, of a horse backfield caster, was Vale. I'm not going to get into the discussion of whether she was overpowered or underpowered or anything like that, but just from what I said earlier, how well she supported her army. With 16-inch range insight and her telling ability in Snow Reef, she was a hard target to hit, and she could get rid of damage. And she also had an art, a pseudo-art node to keep her safe through distance. Now, if you look at Calandra, Calandra has Starcrossed and Bullet Dodger. Bullet Dodger is not keeping she has to either cast it on herself or someone else. Not to go back in time to Mark 1, but in Mark 1, she had, a, she had the ability inherent. To help her to raise her mediocre deep, well, her low defense of 14 14 up to 16 14 against ranged magic. Starcrossed doesn't really, it helps, but it's not the type of thing that you can use a lot of. It still allows the troll army to get shot up going across the field as enemy model has to be within her control area to be affected by it. Really, it's more effective in melee than anything. And trolls already have many in. In faction melee buffs. Another issue that uh, the rest of the podcast guys brought up is Herexus. Am I saying that right, guys? Um, that's good enough. He's got a weird one of those score names. Feels like he's a villain straight out of 300. Hexerxus, whatever. Just go for it. <laughs> now the thing is when they have, the way Privateer has him set up he has his big focus stat but he has nothing to protect him other than the theory mechanism
his uh, spell is an eight-inch offensive spell, which means he's right up in front of things where he will probably die the next turn. Yeah, the thing that I feel that his main problem is, okay, he's got some nice upkeeps. I mean, Hollow, basically giving tough and denying your opponent on living abilities. Rapport, basically you're boosting a gladiator or rhino on his mat. That's nice. And, of course, Death March. It's, they're all decent upkeeps, but they're not amazing. Then, of course, the two spells that he has otherwise, Spirit Leech, generic attack spell with one special ability, and Ashes to Ashes. Just... The fact that it costs over half his fury with no way to get more of it, like the Menai casters with it, and it's only range 8, with the only way to increase that taking the Bone Grinders just to range 10, it just isn't really that worth it. And often, in order to ensure a hit, you're going to have to boost with that. And then you have the inherent danger that you're going to roll low on the Ashes to Ashes leaps, and it's just not really worth the fury while spending the majority of what he's doing that turn. Just keeping him that close to the front lines with a decent but not amazing stat line. It just isn't that good. No. On to the thing is, with Private Press, they did not properly account for the lack of art moves. The spell ranges for a lot of things are far too short to have any real use. As you mentioned about Ashes to Ashes being 8 inches, and you're worried about a random roll to kill things to keep you safe? See, what I also feel that it's very prevalent when you actually just go you know, to Cador and you look at Zerkova, which we're going to be talking about later in the cast. But for right now, just looking at her, she would actually be a semi-decent caster if you had, say, some sort of arc nodes in Cador. But right now, just being able to once per turn, giving three range to a spell... It's just not that good. However, if she was a horde caster with the Fury mechanism, then she would be a great caster. Because you could have bone grinders if you make all her spells range 12? You think? I don't know. I still think she's weak enough that she really just shouts, give me an arc node or don't take me. She, the best of her defensive abilities is Watcher, and even then, it's not that amazing with your Speed 4 jacks. Yeah, I have to agree there. I mean, I think even if she had Arc Nodes, though, what would she Arc? I mean, Twister? I feel like she could relatively spam those enough, get Icy Grip on a unit nice and early to deny them running, and get, make it so you can shoot them up easier, do some Influence Spam, Spam Twister and Razor Wind, and she could do this from nice and far back. Not having to worry about it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I see your point. I think um, Arknos would make her so much better, and it's probably the same problem that Hexeris has. But I think Zerkova is a bit of a different animal just because her spells aren't quite yeah. as good. Yeah, Zerkova overall, we'll go over her later in the cast and talk about how sad she makes us inside. But I think she's a, she's another case of failing to account for the making an offensive spellcaster who mm, can't take a hit and <laughs> can't stay back to cast their spells. Yeah, also, that and yeah, she doesn't have any other kind of defense besides Watcher to uh, keep her somewhat safe. I mean, Watcher's not that hard to uh, circumvent. Also, I was looking at Doom Shaper, his uh, non-epic incarnation. Yeah. And the thing is, he just does. They made him a lot better in Mark Two, simply by boosting his armor up a bit. But other than that, he still has no real 
his spells and his his spells and abilities scream be up front in the danger zone. But then you look at his defense and arm and see a thirteen fifteen staring at you in the face. And even with even with the Krillstone Bear and it and the Earthbound Dire Troll, at that point you're bringing a ten point beast and four or five points worth of support to get him up to armor 19 at defense 13. Yeah. The thing with him is I would be worried about giving him an arc note because Rampager is so ridiculously good. Well, it's the <clears throat> it's the horse version of... Uh, yeah, but the fact is, with the way the Fury mechanism works, it's far better in hordes than Dominate. It's uh, probably exponentially more powerful in hordes than yeah. it would be in his own world. But yeah, I, I'd be, I think he's, another, he's a problem. In that, I mean, he's a great feat. Banishing Ward is a decent spell. Fortune is a great spell. But the other three of them are attack spells, and you really can't keep him up front. I mean, Edumi does it right with Primal Shock, which is a great spell, and allows him to stay back and basically run his beasts. Uh, Circle does it right with the World Wardens. And, of course, Legion, You've if you want to be casting offensive spells, you either have Lilith, who's got Witch Mark, You've got E. Lilith, who has a Swift Hunter to get her kind of back, along with Evasive, so you can't run to engage. You have Ethags, who just kind of laughs. Since he's, I mean, he's thirteen, seventeen with twenty boxes, and he's got his beast running around killing stuff, so he can be decently near the front line. I mean, that's not that bad. And you've got, of course, Absalona, who just stays in the back pretty much, upkeeps her spells in places like fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how they work. I feel. At least Doomshaper got a little improvement in that uh, it used to be Death Sentence. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, uh, Fortune is so much better. But I, I, know, I just feel like I'm going to have to agree with Negative 9 here, that there's some cases, especially in Hexerxes, uh, Prime Doomy, and uh, Zerkova, in which you simply aren't accounting for the uh, survival mechanisms. They don't have the martial discipline that lets Epic or Rusk stand near the field. They don't have the sheer stats of Butcher. They just have offensive spells and fairly okay at best defensive stats. They well, also look at the the backfield catchers that do have defensive mechanisms. Look at Haley; she has Vortex Spear. You can stop spell casting down at her. Look at Severius; he has Sacred Words. You can't even cast at him. Denny, Stealth, E Denny, Incorporeal. Those aren't. Those things are not designed to keep them alive through everything, but like I said, they keep off the occasional shot. Yeah, but isn't it that age-old concern about, like, um, you have, like, transfers, and, and that's something Warlocks have that Warcosters are never going to have. I'm sure we can overboost, but being able to just transfer damage away is so powerful. I think so many Horde players underrate that. I think transferring is good. The thing is, unlike, like, focus camping is a really good late game, well, transferring is really good early game. Thing is that with I'd, I'd say you have a worse spell list, and a lot of the other things make up for it. So yes, Horde's caster is going to be a lot more survivable against a few large attacks, but they're a lot worse against a lot of medium attacks, which is how the game is right. balanced. But it still doesn't mean you can throw a squishy spellcaster on your front lines and expect them to survive just because you need the range to cast your spells. Yeah, and uh, a Warcaster with one or two Focus Camped is a lot worse than uh, a Warlock with one or two Fury Camped. But uh, on the other side, a war- Warcaster with uh, five or six 
focus is a lot better than uh, a warlock with five or f- five or six fury. All right then. And the thing and the thing about the defensive mechanisms is it doesn't have they don't have to be outright denying vectors of attack. They can be simple stat buffs like set like Siren. Siren, whatever she is. Force she, field. She has force barrier. It's a flat two plus it's a flat plus two to defense against range. And no blast damage. That, while it's slightly irritating, is not terribly annoying. I mean, it's not game-breaking for the most part. Yeah, it's like if you look at the front... I, I guess the only front-line casters you can actually speak of, like you've got Terminus, who's got crazy good stats, and Sacrificial Pawn. You've got Karchev, who's basically a jack and with a little dude's head pointing out. And you've got maybe Epic Butcher, who has to be up there, but can still screen himself fairly well, I guess, with the jacks. And only really needs to pop of a blunderbuss shot. Each turn. But, I mean, nobody really likes to be that far up. The problem is when you actually have to be within eight inches of the front line to cast spells just because you are you can't do anything else. Exactly. Okay, then. But in, in ending, this is what I have to say. Compensate for the lack of arc nodes either through more control area spells or longer range. And defensive mechanisms. That will take care of a lot of the issues that they have, and it will bring them up to parity with War Machine in that that sense. Yeah, I definitely agree with um, just the lack of Arkno need to be compensated elsewhere. Uh, Epikaya kind of has that, and the Veil kind of uh, has a pseudo-Arc node. Same thing with uh, Fiona on on the War Machine side, but yeah, otherwise, for uh, an offensive spellcasting uh, warlock, they they just need something else to to allow them to either survive up front or be able to sit back and uh, use their spells effectively. I can agree to all that. I mean, I don't like just giving all the hordes casters basically here have arc nodes all around, but they do need something to you know help them actually work better, and that is the rebuke. And today on what could have and should not be. We're going to be covering the Sword Knights, the Demo Corps, the Siren, and the Scatter Gunners. What? Take her away with the Sword Knights. All right. So the Sword Knights uh, is, is, is a cheap unit in uh, Signar, four uh, six, uh, six points for the full unit and uh, two more for the UA. They have uh, power ten weapons at mat six, and uh, their main selling point is flank with faction warjacks. Now the problem is. Um, unless you spend a lot of points into uh, a warjack with reach, which in Signar means uh, all the expensive jacks, um, Lancer, Centurion, Stormclad, and uh, the new leaf, uh, the new release uh, Firefly that's coming out, you're you're getting you're getting power ten swords that doesn't really do much, and if you are getting flank, then the question becomes. Why don't you just get your jack to kill whatever you just engaged? So it's really a, a limited application. And um, another way to use of them is to kind of uh, in- cling off whatever uh, enemy has engaged in uh, your jacks. Now the problem is that is you're going to be having sword knights generally to the back of your, your jacks. And not many of them can reach the enemy... Um, 
such that the uh, the enemy is engaged by the jack and still be able to uh, charge with the sword knights. So with the UA, they have uh, an ability called uh, Practice Maneuver, which allows them to, once per game, um, move through and ignore line of sight through their unit, and including their uh, martial jacks. What I think uh, would really help out the unit uh, would be if they have that, if they have the ability to walk through friendly warjacks and see through friendly warjacks at all times. And well, just to interrupt not... there, they actually now it's granted practice maneuvers, right? In the final, which is pre- uh, it's better than a once per game mini feat. That's about all I can say about it. <laughs> mm, true, yeah, but a lot of times it's just say uh, an enemy charge your your jack from the front. You're gonna get maybe one or two sword knights to charge from the two sides and get the flanking bonus, and have and a chance your... that you're actually going to tie up your jack with sword knights in the way. Right. And that unit at 4-6 with power 10 swords just doesn't really do that much otherwise. So yeah, I think I can agree that just giving it practice, granted practice maneuvers with its martial jack is a good idea. That or just, uh, you know, be able to uh, have that ability with just faction war jacks, not even the one that, that's marshaled. Ooh, I like that. Doesn't, sorry, uh, doesn't the UA give Pronto as well? Is there nothing in Signa that could like benefit from Pronto? Well, the so, issue like, there is that if you're putting on them, you generally want to uh, have a jack that will, you know, be have reach to give them flank. If not, I mean, the only shooty jack that I'd really put on them would be maybe be the Hunter. But even then, it's kind of you're spending six points on it and you're only ever really going to be able to boost to damage in case you're going after a caster and I, the firefly s is decent at it but it's not stellar it's not worth taking the kind of crappy unit that comes along with it yeah and just because it, it's an, as a standard jack marshal you're, you're only getting uh, one boost or one pseudo focus out of the jack marshal so you're your at least your five point jack uh isn't doing much else otherwise Maybe the Sentinel? I don't know. I have had good experience using the Firefly weapon. It's pretty much everything I've ever wanted for the Sword Knights in Mark II, or even in Mark I, a cheap reach jack. Relatively, Five, yeah. Well, I mean, it's no it's no Buccaneer, but... <laughs> but five points, especially in Signar... What, what we a, all really want is the... Uh, the Talent. The talent, yeah. The talent. <laughs> but I'm I'm not going to complain about having to Marshall the Firefly because it has a ranged attack. I can boost it once and really kill maybe kill two models with it with the Electro Leap on it. Mm. And, and I can pronto it to engage. Exactly. That's a twelve inch. That's a twelve inch threat range to do that to get my guys where I need them to be. Right, but uh, you got to remember you have to take the UA for for that ability. I mean, their their base unit is really bland. Oh, the basement is terrible. Oh yeah, they're cheap. they're cheap for the sake of being cheap. But you bring the UA, you do this. You gotta, you have a fairly decent module at that point. Is it wrong that when I think of units that are cheap for being the sake of cheap, I just kind of glance over at McThralls? Yes. You know, at three five with power, what is it? Fifteen combo strikes. Fourteen. Oh, for whatever. They're just. Oh, I want those guys so bad. They're just so good. Yeah, they they hit as hard as uh, Stormblades. <laughs> Oh, power 15 combo strikes, actually. Yep. They hit hard. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. 15. And, Damn. And let's not get okay. started on the brute throws. Okay, let's move on. Aries, you're in with the demo core. All right, right. So it's the demo core. I mean, we've talked about this sort of ad nauseum over on the uh, Kador subboards. But basically, they're speed four. They have reach. So you're talking a nine-inch threat, which is kind of pathetic in, like, the whole ranged meta of, like, Mark II. Um, the big problem with them, though, is probably, like, they're 6'9". Um, so for 6'9", we're looking at shock troopers. You're looking at things better than Bastions, probably better than Citrati, because, I mean, they cost more, but they're not, they're not really better, especially in Faction, we have Great Bears. Um, I mean, Watts, you play Kador as well, right? I mean, have you ever played the Demo Core? Uh, yeah, I feel them a couple of times. I have a full unit that doesn't have their arm put on yet. I am uh, currently ordering parts for the uh, Shock Troopers instead. That's how sad it is. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, I've thought about taking the arms off mine and just making like a 10-man unit of Shock Troopers because I don't really have a job for the Demo Core. They're 6'9", they're kind of slow, they don't hit that hard. And the thing well, I wouldn't say that not hitting that hard is their problem. They do hit like a ton of bricks when you need them to. The problem is that the bears do that for cheaper. Yeah, no, exactly, no. So they, they hit hard, but relatively, I mean, this is Kador we're talking about. I mean, we everything in Kador hits really hard. And great bears are what? They're PAL-12 weapon masters, so they're hitting a little bit harder. They always have the uh, backswing. Uh, they're mat-8, I mean, longer threat range. Not much to say about Demacore, other than at the moment, they're not really takeable. Um, in terms of fixes, um, I don't know, maybe make them 5-8? I'm not even sure if that does it, personally. Well, I what think, else? Uh, I, I think, think what they need is the uh, ability that the uh, Cinerators have, that uh, when they're, they're damaged, uh, they get plus 2 speed. That's uh, Relentless Advance. Any other ideas for fixing them? I don't know. How about a defensive line? I mean, plus two arm gives them a bit of survivability. It's not the end of the world if the shock troopers like stop screening them. I don't really know about defensive line. Doesn't seem very thematic with demo core. I mean, they're swinging big giant mace, mace hammer maul things, mm, you're, you're and very clumsy they, armor. You're thinking they need a lot of uh, space between each other to uh, to give room for that, eh? Yeah. I think defensive line could work even if it wasn't thematic, and you keep them at their points, or you could drop them down to 5-8, or maybe give them relentless advance, although I guess that's kind of the bond thing, so it would ununique the shitty Senators already. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't, I feel like they kind of need something. Increasing their power isn't going to do it. Increasing like their speed or survivability would. That's kind of what they need. Yeah. Even at 5-8, uh, they, yeah, they, they still won't make it. <laughs> That's, that's just how sad it is. 5-8, you're looking at a full unit of pikemen. Mm-hmm. Charge much further and uh, have as many attacks at uh, one lower power. But they charge much further. I think that's... What about, a, what about a, just a bl- uh, blanket plus 5? I mean, not plus 5, but uh, speed 5. I don't want to give the... You know, everyone wants to be Cetrati. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, speed... a lot more movement buffs than Cetrati. Yeah. I think making them speed 5 because they don't have to carry heavy shields. And a cannon. Yeah, yeah I think that would work. Okay. Yeah. That, would, that would probably make them worth just as is if you just gave them one speed. Probably. Okay, I then. Like, I still like Relentless Advance. Yeah, I like Relentless Advance as well because, you know, you kind of expect them to get shot up a little bit. Right. 
and they're they're just as slow otherwise. But, yeah, uh, and it'll give them a good threat as opposed to the still kind of shitty threat of the Senators. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a thematic thing though because the only faction who have that sort of mechanic where you hurt something and then they get stronger is Menoth. I don't know how happy Menoth would be that you know we're stealing all their little gizmos. Nobody loves Menoth. Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a, a podcast uh, trait we have here. <laughs> okay, one last. What could have been? Negrifdine, Scatter Gunners, take her away. Ah, uh, the Scatter Gunners. Like a lot of troll players, I was a little disheartened to see that in the pseudo final update that they didn't get anything, that no feedback or things had been added on to their abilities. And unless there's some mysterious unit attachment coming up in in the Troll Forces book, which I'm hoping it's not, because I don't think that's how you fix a bad unit. Hey, you can't say they didn't get changed. Charge of the Trolls got nerfed, so it doesn't help them. That's a change. (laughs) 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 My suggestion is their damage potential is perfectly fine. Rat 5 with Pile 12 sprays, the way sprays have been changed in uh, Mark 2, that's great, especially if you have a whole unit of them. But my thing is, their defense 12, their armor 14, their speed 5. The problem with them has always been that they just get shot the hell up before they ever get a shot off themselves. One of my things is, I think they should probably get Bob and Weave or Desperate Pace. Bob and Weave gives them defense 14. And you can throw the Chronicle on there and get him up to a nice 16 to keep him from being shot at for the most part. If you're playing Borka, if they keep him, keep Borka as is, Iron Flesh goes with that just as well. But you say basically instead of like the normal special action desperate pace, give them orders desperate pace. Correct. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I personally kind of have issue with the fact that they're Rat 5 on their sprays and that the cleansers get around it with their sweet CRA order. I mean, yeah, I just don't see anything that the Scattergunners bring to the table. But I like both of those, Bob and Weave and Desperate Pace. Any other comments on them, guys? Or are they just too bland? No, I think I think currently the only way to use them is you need a Warlock that uh, reduces enemy defense, because uh, Troll doesn't have any kind of things like Deadeye to increase range accuracy, right? Or Rangers. Oh. Right, so no, they, no, so they don't. Grim, but they Grim were great seeds. in the Grim. Oh. Yeah, with the Grim. Grim makes everything good. Yeah. Mm. Grim likes them, and Calandra likes them. Also, Doom Shaper likes them. Does Calandra really like them? I mean, it's only really her feet. It's not like you're going to be spending the fury just to reroll a spray against a trooper. Mm. I, I guess P. Doomy. That's going to be many a game. <laughs> I guess P. Doomy can work decently well. Yeah, just for fortune. But he has other issues. <laughs> okay, then. Any more discussion on that? Are we going to move on to the one model that needs to take a nerf bat to the face? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, let's move on. All right. Yes. On. The War Witch Siren. Also known as, why can't I get a two-point solo like that, says everyone but Menoth. But really, just looking over her stats. Okay. Power Booster and Venom and Seduction. That's two points right there on a standard model. 
That's pretty damn good. Then you add in the fact that she's 1513, making her extremely resilient to most normal ways of taking out, you know, squishy solos. Blasts or pal tens from electric leaps or gun mages, because she isn't killed on average by either of those, and you can't target her with most things. And then you throw on speed seven, reach with shadow bind. I mean, I, it's just wow. She can be, if, by herself shut down a jack for the entire game if it doesn't have reach. And she's got parry, so you can't just run to engage her. It's just so horrible. No, yeah. And did you did you mention stealth? Are we forgetting the stealth in I just, there? Uh, overall, it just kind of mixes together into a giant pot of horrible, what the hell were they thinking this? Yeah, no, definitely. And, like, I mean, I'm going to put a bit of a Kador spin on this. But, I mean, when you compare her to the Colden Lord, wow, it's like... Just what the hell were they thinking? Why does Crix have to get something like that? It just does not make sense. I mean, she's infinitely better than the Golden Lord already. Then she gets the Shadowbind Sword. I don't know about you guys, but that is what annoys me most about her. Is that Speed 7, Reach, Shadowbind. I mean, a lot of people are saying, okay, it's like, what, Match 5 or something. Yeah. But, uh, no, I know, I don't care. It's, it's going to hit your jack. It's going to screw in Liven. It screws Kador pretty badly. We have a lot of non-reach jacks. And... <laughs> No, it's it's horrible. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Overall, looking at uh, at the abilities, everything else, even even if the stats lines are kind of like over the top, the fifteen thirteen with stealth, yeah, the shadow buying is what really pushes it over. I mean, a two point solo if he just goes after like a defense ten heavy jack without reach, you're you're hitting five to hit. You're needing five to hit, and that jack you have no way of getting rid of it, and no way of of doing anything next turn. There's a reason that the Gorgon, the Retribution Jack, doesn't have reach on its let me lock you down when you're in my melee range. Because reach on it simply screws so many things. I look at her and I see the gun mage Captain Death and I, Captain Death and I just kind of shake my head again. <laughs> Poor gun mage Captain Adept. Forever bound to be guarding the shelf against stealth intruders and probably failing horribly when my uh-huh. cat hunter gets up there. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I think she's already without Shadowbind really, really good. She just, she needs to lose it, period, and maybe drop one point of armor so you can actually kill her with Pal 10s. Yeah, Shadowbind yeah, really damage. should not exist on a two-point solo. Yeah. It's, it's a lose Shadowbind and go down to armor 12. Yeah, what else in the game has ability? Uh, P. Yeah. And, like, Stygian... Yeah, the what Coven's crit. crit. Yeah. There's a reason it's really crit. rare. Yeah. Oh, and of course, E. Denny's feet. Bloody feet. Yes. It's one of the best in the game, and of course she gets on her fucking little sword. Mm. <sighs> it's Reach, yeah. Great. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, enough of us kind of being very, very sad, depressed, and somewhat angry about the siren. We're going to move on to a topic that we all know Watts is going to love to talk about. From the front, TempleCon. <laughs> so, tell me, Watts, you, you've already gone over and by our very nature being a bi-weekly cast instead of all those silly people who decide to put it out weekly and sacrifice all the vast quality we have, you've given out your interviews to Guts and Gears and Focus and Fury, both yes. noting that they have an and in them, making them completely inferior products to out of formation. <laughs> so, tell us. You've already gone over basic battle strategy. Let's actually look at this from a social perspective. Was it fun? 
Oh yeah, it was it was amazingly fun. It was so fun I almost forgot to sleep. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, after I got back, uh, I got horribly sick for uh, four or five days because just because like I, I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I was sleeping maybe three four hours a day. Uh, all the yelling over a whole room of people who's trying to do the same thing. So you get really thirsty, and they they provide ice water. So I keep drinking ice water, and that kind of makes it worse. Of course. I'm guessing your ice water was just a little bit of ice water, a little bit of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It, it makes me a better player, goddammit. <laughs> Don't tell me how to play. But really now, you took two casters in which us here have been very um, uh, condemning of <laughs> in Prime Nemo and Prime Striker to the finals. And you did damn fine with them, even if you were working off sleep-deprived robot brain for the final match. Uh-huh. Tell us, what were your tricks of the trade? Uh, Nemo is just, yeah, I talked about Nemo enough. He's just 10 focus or 11 focus, and uh, if you uh, have the points to pack into spellcasters, you just a lot of fun. You can uh, di- dictate a lot of resource into doing a simple single task. So uh, a lot of time I just do a Thunderhead uh, walk-up with 5 focus, boost it a hit, and then boost two more uh, power 14 shots with sustain attack. And then Nemo will go up and just uh, pull him back three inches, and that usually is enough to get him out of uh, charge range of basically any anything that could threaten him. And uh, the other yeah, one, sorry, go sorry, ahead. sorry, just uh, just to cut in on the Thunderhead little trick. Does the thing still work where you you do the energy pulse, which auto hits, and then you just buy lots more sustained attacks? Like, yep, uh, yeah, that still works. But uh, I, I find that a lot of people try to uh, try to think of that as his main trick, whereas I look at his range 10 gun with sustain attack and the ability to load him up with 5 focus as being far more threatening. Just an extra 4 inch of threat. So there was only one instance where I uh, used uh, the energy pulse uh, on an enemy caster, and that's just because that was uh, Pikaia standing on the hill and... I had I, I I had pretty much won the game at that point, so I just like want to speed things up a little. But For what? Speeding on defenseless little newbies running Pikaya? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you hear that defenseless little newbie? He's sorry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, you can you can guilt trip me all you want. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think his uh, normal range tank gun and the five focus from Nemo is far more threatening than energy pulse. Okay, the other caster, Prime Striker. You took him, and you did really well with him. Managed to win your second final round. Uh-huh. Any tricks to trade with him? Uh, that um, that was a game against Jared. And uh, going back to... Uh, I listened to the, uh, the the interview from uh, Guts and Gears, and... God, you love the sound of your own voice. Don't you... Sh- what? Well, actually, I just want to <laughs> hear his perspective on his lists. But anyway, uh, something that both of us uh, realized at that uh, going into the final was that there was very little uh, upkeep hate. So out of uh, two Retribution, Crix, Circle, uh, Signar, and uh, Legion, if the Retribution player didn't bring uh, Epic Iris, it's kind of unlikely for a lot of other players at 35 point to, to cram her in. So that means um, Caster with upkeep can uh, can do decently well, and Striker is all about his upkeeps. So I was making my lists uh, that morning, and uh, Malfunction can attest. I was really trying to figure out which is the third caster uh, I was going for. The first one being Nemo, and the second one being Siege. 
And Malfunction actually heard me say, ah, fuck it, I'm bringing Striker. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, okay, uh, uh, I've used him as, like, the, the very first game of War Machine I played was, was Striker. And uh, I've used him for quite, quite a while uh, over the year. And, you know, I'm familiar with him, and I think there's not a lot of things that specifically counters him. And, uh, yeah, so went for it. You hear here, folks. What's so good he doesn't need Epicaly? <laughs> uh, there's some there's certain things about Epicaly I just don't like, so I end up not playing a single game with Epicaly during TempleCon. It's the pole dance position, isn't it? Everybody hates on the pole dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else interesting happened TempleCon other than tournaments and open play? Uh, yeah, that that final game I think uh, we went through as well. Uh, just complete and utter. Dice failure on Jared's part. Otherwise, he would have won. <laughs> and of course. we we were going going into that game. We um, I had uh, Striker and Nemo on my list. He had uh, uh, Kruger and Boulder. And there was a, a funny little uh, counter picking going on. Uh, our forecaster kind of counters each other in, in a circular pattern. And uh, I think he he was expecting me to to go with Nemo, so he went with Kruger. Uh, instead, I went with uh, Striker. So there was a lot of uh, lightning damage on both armies and a lot of lightning immune on both armies. So Striker basically has no earthquake because of uh, his druids counter magic, and all his druids are immune to lightning because of uh, elemental protection and whatnot. So he ended up using his feet on Ayana and Pult, and that was it. Yeah, I'm willing to go ahead and say the druids are like one of the best units in the game right now. Oh yeah, it's like people were cr- oh, crying for their heads pre 29th update, and then they got better. <laughs> yeah, s- fishing is just so powerful in this game. Indeed, like any any other thing with like boundless charge two inch, well one druid can pull that off uh, for two inch for your for the entire army, right? Yep. You pull the one target in two inch, effectively gives your army two inch of uh, threat range. I love it. Oh yeah, and yeah. One sad thing about TempoCon was that uh, the tournaments all took a very long time. So I, I played through uh, High Noon and uh, uh, State of the Art and part of Death Race, and that took up pretty much all my time. I I had time for one single Eternal War game, and I didn't have time to uh, play any of the demos. I was kind of hoping to get some uh, Monpok and uh, Malifaux uh, demos over there or some of the scenario tables, but just wasn't any time. Alas, well, at least you kicked ass and took names with Prime Nemo, at least. Prime Nemo, right. Put him up on Tier 2, damn it. He's <laughs> fine, fine. We, we will make take the giant tier board that I secretly have next to my desk with magnetized names of all the casters. <laughs> well, I don't think Darius is on it because he'd have to be on the floor below me. Uh, <laughs> we shall put Prime Nemo... A little smidgen higher, just because you kicked so much ass with them. And you know what? That's what the tourneys are for, helping us figure out what works and what doesn't in this game. Of course, until you somebody wins the Mark II Hornet with Darius or Zerkova, which I kind of doubt is going to happen. <laughs> I still like Zerkova. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't stopped trying to make her work, but I haven't found a way to make her work yet. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, speaking of her, we're going to go on to our spotlight for the night. 
on Cador. Just going to do it in the same way we did Signar before. We're going to do a general overview of all the casters before moving on to talk about the faction as a whole, fun combos we like, and how to win with them. So, let's start off with the first caster most people played in Cador, Commander Sorsha. Ares, what do you have to say about her? So, is this Prime Sorsha, right? Yeah. Um, basically, she's, she's, I think, the best way to, to describe her is that she's quite a bad caster for most of the game. She doesn't really do that much. I mean, I, oh, so many Kador players will argue with me about this. But she has Boundless Charge, and that's probably all I cast with her. Um, I mean, Fog of War gives concealment to the enemy models as well. Tempest and Freezing Grip are really expensive, and we don't have Arc Nodes. And she's kind of inaccurate firing it off as well. So... But yeah, anyway, um, the really good thing about Sorcerer is that there is that one turn of the game, that one redeeming turn, like that's feet turn. Everything gets auto-hit, everything gets frozen, blah, blah. And the big problem with that is just Menoth ignores it. Just the Covenant shuts it down. There is an entire faction you cannot play Sorcerer again. Hey, now, now, Ares, one of the rules of this cast is we don't compare stuff to Menoth. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Just make everything look bad. Uh, well, okay, all right. So let's ignore Menoth. But doesn't Epic Kane have um, hide reflexes? Yeah. To yes. It. There you go. You see, that's another thing that screws it over. And no, I just I don't know. It hurts me to play Prime Sorcerer nowadays. Just, just remembering her glory days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everything within twelve inches of me. I don't care about line of sight. Yeah, you're frozen. You're not doing anything this turn or next yeah, turn. Was, oh, it was so easy. And now I, I never even got that. Those when I when I started playing, it was already line of sight included. Yes, the good old days way, way back way before Prime Remix, back when uh, Temporal Barrier was basically an I win button. Yeah, so I heard. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Sorsha doesn't really do much. Uh-huh. I mean, she's got a... I'm going to go ahead. Her feet is good. It is really good, because infantry can't shake. Yep. And if you bring along Eris, you can also you can either drop hide and reflexes, or you can disrupt jacks, so they can't shake. Which is, I mean, it's nice. It just, she doesn't really have anything to back it up. A pure feet caster with a great, but not amazing feet and not really much else. She's a great battle boss caster. If it's your first game of War Machine, <laughs> you know, if you want to bring somebody in, here, buy this caterer box, set it's a good place to start, and they'll move on from there. It's not, not like in Mark 1 where, hey, I want to stop someone from ever playing this game again. I'm going to bring the, I'm going to bring the caterer box set. Mark 1, it was bring your normal list and your social list. <laughs> okay, then let's look at her opposite number in Epic Sorsha, who I just think is freaking amazing. The tier 3 of Prime Sorsha to the clear tier 1 greatness that is Epic. Guys, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I go along with that. I think Epic Sorcerer is probably our best caster by a decent margin. I mean, I think Iron Flesh, all they really changed was they gave her Iron Flesh, and that has made just a world of difference. It just means you're, you have the little Winter God trick. I mean, we're going to go into that later, I assume. Um, but yeah, I, I thought- Iron Flesh on Winter God is evil. I thought the uh, the giant boost to uh, Winterguard making them cheap and uh, the boost to sprays and Joe and all that stuff. Rat so, 5 boosted sprays. Yeah, it's a big step up for, for Sorsha compared to the other caster because Sorsha extends the threat range of that Winterguard blob 
even further with uh, Desperate Pace. So she she is actually the best Winterguard uh, caster. And that that has a lot to do with uh, her being tier one uh, in, in our current standing right now. I think. She does everything well. Her feet lets you destroy Jax, multi-wounds and casters. Boundless Charge to give your Jax an actual threat range. Iron Flash is one of the best buffs in the game. Shatter Storm for basically giving you free uh, blasts. She has a good toolbox and a good feat, and she supports one of the best units in the game. And she's an assassination cost, though. 17-inch threat. 19-inch with Boundless Charge. Mm, Yes. Just that good. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Let's go on to one of the other good starting casters. Prime Butcher. (laughs) I think that he is one of the better toolboxes in the game. I mean, he's mostly an upkeep caster with, you know, Fury and Iron Flesh, but he has an amazing feat in just extra damage dice. He's got full throttle for running the triple juggernauts. How even, I kind of like Obliteration as an attack spell. I run, <laughs> I run Prime Magnus with that. But, you know, he has an Arc Node, but I find it comes in handy. And I think Prime Butcher, he's a good, solid, straightforward caster. Tier 2. I would almost say it's a uh, tier one, just because, well, other than other than things uh, that take away your iron flesh and uh, your upkeeps, I mean, just because his feet is so flexible with everything in the army, you can take a whole bunch of power tens, and on a feet turn, you can expect those power ten to, uh, like, take down heavies. Well, maybe not Kedor heavies, but uh, arm eighteen heavies, a bunch of power tens will take it down uh, with boosted damage. Or, of course, you can use, uh, like, a behemoth or a destroyer, lob a bunch of boosted POW 7s with an additional die on top. It's like you're playing Durkin, except with Kadoran guys. Yeah, and mortars. Good old mortars. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Or the Winter God blob. Just oh, boost, <laughs> fully boosted sprays. Yes, it always comes down to the Winter Guards. Goddamn Winter Guard Death Star. Why? Why? <laughs> if there is one thing to say about Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Great, now I gotta paint Butcher up in black, or no, Comic Joe up in black. <laughs> but if there is one weakness to the Butcher, it is just gonna come down to the fact that he's on a medium base, and it's quite hard to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, yeah. what what can we really screen him with? I mean, I'm I don't really want to play Mao with him because they're slow and he's slow, and I just don't want to compound the slow. <laughs> More slow. <laughs> well, See, he, he's always going to take one jack. He can kind of hide behind that jack. Eh, <laughs> yeah, I, I still feel that his main weakness is you know just getting assassinated because he has to play. I still feel like he's, you're basically going to keep him on your back lines. Just upkeep, upkeep, maybe do an occasional blunderbuss shot. But yeah, the assassination is really what he's got to worry about being a medium base. But now, on Epic Butcher, now there is someone you can get your hatred behind. Feel the hate. Oh yes, he's, he's so much fun to play. I mean, sure it's random, which I feel is why he's a tier 2 in my book. In that you just roll the die for it. But you know what? Just kind of running around the front line, either hitting people with your super thresher, or just like even blunderbuss for, to kick off the preferred rage. Hell, he's even got a decent spell list with Fury and Boundless Charge. I've seen Eliminator put to good use. Same with Ravager. He's just so much fun to play with a crazy good feat. Uh, yeah, I think fun really is just the name of the game with Ebooch. I mean, he's so random and he's just so explosive. You don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, and I don't like to rain on the parade, but I'm going to have to. It's just, what do you do with Ebooch against a Jack Heavy list? 
I mean, his feet is going to do nothing. No, because his feet will do nothing, and you won't be able to trigger the plus two speed in that. So you're just slow, and you're kind of just... You take Epic Butcher, you point him at the enemy Jack, and you charge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I I just, I know, against Jack heavy armies, I think he... Oh, yeah, he doesn't do that much against them. But you know what? Upkeep Fury on himself and charge them with PAL-19 Weapon Masters. It's not all that bad. I was actually playing a Mangled Metal match with him uh, a couple months ago, just for fun against a Harvey player. And thanks to some fairly nice focus rolls, managed to pull it off, like killed two of his three jacks in a turn, used the feet to get to Harvey. I mean, it's, it's obviously the exception rather than the rule, and it's one of his weaknesses. But, you know, it's still fun. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Epic Butcher is uh, my favorite caster out of Cador uh, for the fun factor. Yeah. He's like the Amon of Cador. I mean, I, they could make him a better caster, but it, would, it might get a, some of the random fun away. You know, I don't want to risk that. Yeah. He's just one of those casters you can plop down, you know you're going to have a good game. <laughs> yeah, win or lose, it, it's fun with him. Okay, and now for casters, in which, at least in Mark 1, you plop down and you knew it was not going to be a fun game. Prime Vlad. <laughs> boring. I, yeah, he's boring. Was, I mean, he, he got the right nerf, I'd say. In making signs important for Windwall three, mm-hmm. but he's just—I don't want to play him. He's not fun. I, mean, I, I think he's still good, like, you know, competitive. But eh, just I don't, I don't even think he's uh, that competitive anymore. I've been uh, playing him a lot, and uh, like most of the time, you're going to be running pretty low on on focus, just uh, putting out sign important to support your army, and then you you put one or two in your jack. And then on feet turn, you're gonna, what, put some more uh, focus on your jack so they can charge and try to wreck some stuff. So a lot of time, like, until your army dies, he's, he's sitting around with no focus and, uh, with no blood of kings. So if, a lot of time I find him fairly easy to assassinate, actually. Which is kind of weird comparing to how he runs in, in Mark 1. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, the nerf to signs and pawns really, really got him. Um, the thing is, you signs and pawns, before everyone was complaining, it's like, oh yeah, all he does is cast signs and pawns, he casts blood of kings, and then he just, like, that's, he'll do that every turn of the game. But now all he does is cast signs and pawns, maybe allocate some focus, and like, you're doing even less now, he's even more boring. And it's just, now it's boring and it's ineffective. Um, someone did post up a list actually of the Vlad gunline, Basically, you cast signs important, and you just have hundreds of guns. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just do what you can with that. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, I, I see, thought he I was a lot. Horrible. I thought he was a lot of fun back when his feet affected not just his battle group but everybody. So you actually had a reason to, you know, have marshals. Yeah, but then you know that could get a little crazy with a bunch of destroyers on a covenant, on a uh, golden lord. Yeah, and we'll we'll get round to the jet marshals later for Kador. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Try and Vlad. Competitive, not competitive. On the line, just really, really boring to play. Mm. I mean, I, I guess, yeah. Do at most. Yeah, I mean, the, the thinking is you have to kill him, like, around the middle before you're killing his army, where he still wants to cast signs importance. Because once he throws up uh, Blood of Kings, it just becomes a long grind. And that's no fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd agree with that. He's just, he's sort of top tier, but not really going to win anything, to be honest. 
Yeah, just because I don't think a lot of people, even the, even if he's competitive, it's just going to make tournaments such a drag. Well, the, one of the things is they took away his ability to copy other work, uh, Warcaster weapons. That was probably because they had like a three-page FAQ on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, Mark, Mark II was about cleaning up stuff like that. They could have taken the opportunity to clean it up to make it work better. Yeah, the thing they replaced it with is actually really powerful. Blood Boon, it's so good, but then they nerf signs importance. So now what are you going to Blood Boon? Yeah, I feel like Blood Boon should probably be any spell on his list. Yeah, it's just, well, I don't know. Any spell on the list might be a bit OP, but I don't know. May not cast Blood of Kings. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to Blood Boon signs importance, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would actually make sense. You want to get him into combat. Right now it's like, oh, I can cast Wind Wall. Razor, Wind, or Boundless Charge. Right. After you kill something, using the, the Blood uh, blood Trade or whatever? Blood Boon, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't like it. How it is. BC doesn't really have any good targets. Okay, then. Now for the guy who was cleaning up the tournament scene. Epic Vlad. Mm-hmm. How badly did he get nerfed from Mark 1? On your, your guys' feelings. Uh, go ahead, Ares. Mm-hmm. Um, well, basically, Epic Vlad, the thing with what they did uh, from Mark 1 was they looked at him, they looked at everything that he used, uh, so the Draken, the Democore, uh, what else, Lance. I don't know, maybe even Iron Fangs, just everything that was involved in him just owning, they nerfed it all, just everything, oh, and Ulan, <laughs> yeah, sorry, they just, they just nerfed everything, so, like, Draken is really hard to take now, Ulan's a... I mean, all cavalry got here, but Ulan's are sort of iffy still. Democore, yeah, okay, I went over Democore earlier. But yeah, yeah everything got here, and yeah, Epic Vlad is kind of just, oh, I don't know. I think they just hit him too hard, or just hit everything too hard, so yeah. I mean, he's still got, like, Asael is nice, and he's the only caster I would ever run a Marauder with. But yeah. even then, you've got like, better target in Drago. Like, Hand of Fate, I mean, it's an upkeep sign supportance on a unit. You throw it on your Winter Guard, and you're good. <laughs> Martial Paragon's kind of eh. Razor Wind, just generic attack spell. I think Transference is pretty much where his money's in. Mm-hmm. Just able to give your guys, able to either boost the attack rolls, or in the case of like Manhunters, boost the second uh, damage roll. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much what you're going to be using for. And of course, Wind Blast is so ridiculously situational. Well, Wind Blast being uh, situational situational is okay. Yeah, it's only two. There's half spells like that, but I think generally he's decently strong, but it's just not that far out anymore. He he just kind of like duck his head down to to everyone else's level these days. Yeah. I still like Marshall Paragon. I just like the idea of him walking and killing things. Yeah, my problem is he's even with Might of Kings, once he's up close enough to start killing stuff, He's also up close enough to have his face caved in by an ironclad. <laughs> One of the things I think they should have probably just dropped the whole Balefire thing, because no, there's, there's no need for the undead hate anymore in this game. I mean, really, it wasn't needed in, in Mark 1. Now, now, people would whine about him losing all flavor if he got rid of Balefire. No, I'd say you get rid of it and replace it with something else. Make something, something useful. useful. Yes, yes, indeed. Souls, Vlad likes them. <laughs> no, no, Death Toll, Iron Fang, Ulans. Oh god, that would be awesome. 
<laughs> Reanimation. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay, okay. Enough, enough of that silliness. And now for something completely different. Prime Erusk. You know what? Despite everybody being able to charge through inhospitable ground now, I, I still think he's quite good. Most because, you know, he, he is Iron Flash. Fuck everyone else. Yeah, that is 90% of the reason he's good, Iron Flash. Mm-hmm. He gives you one turn of basically all your guys kill shit, and they can't really do much against you in return. He's able to create boost damage with Battle Lust, kill stealth models with Air Burst. Yep. Makes one of your jacks even more awesome. Able to, you know, out threat things. And he, against Menoth, he actually kind of, oh, unless they have Saxon fucking Auric. <laughs> Inhospitable ground. Yay! Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of his feet. I don't think it's that great. In fact, I think it kind of sucks. I mean, compare it to most Kador feats. I think it... I wouldn't say he's at, like, a top amazing feat, but it's quite useful. I mean, I've, I've, I use Ulans with him a lot of the times in 50 points. Just run, like, a nice unit with them and Markov, and just battle lust and feet. Maybe even throw up inhospitable ground so you, enemy, most enemies can't reach them. And you can take out Warcasters with that. Yeah, I suppose. The, actually, the big thing about both Erusks is, if they had eight focus, they would be absolutely perfect. You see, if you think about, like, your focus expenditure, it's so high. Because Inhospitable Ground's three, Superiority's one every turn, Iron Flesh is one every turn, and that leaves you two, and he doesn't have any, like, two-cost spells. So, so it's, yeah, it's Battlelust or Grind or Air Burst. I mean, I, I, I never even cast Grind, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, if you want to cost any of his other spells, it means you're going to have to drop Inhospitable Ground, or you're going to have to drop an upkeep, and that's just really hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about something quick work now? I quick work, eh? never oh. use it, because generally, if he's in melee, I've already lost, or it's a last effort to kill my enemy caster. Yeah. What I found is that his feet uh, tend to, well, maybe just the way I play it, tend to leave him like way out in the open. Because his feet now is um, while in, they get the tough and the the, the bonus to attack instead of uh, when when he pulls the feet like a Mark One. So to to have like the most of your armies affected by his feet, he's going to be relatively up front, maybe like twelve inch from the front line or so. And you're, you're usually going to be casting uh, like battle lust on something that's charging into melee and upkeeping uh, superiority and whatever. So I find that on a feet turn, he's, he's relatively exposed somewhere near the front. And that kind of uh, end up, like a lot of my games, him being assassinated uh, on a feet turn, which is kind of counterintuitive. Any of you have that kind of experience? Uh, I've, I think I've only had once, which have actually kept him far enough for him to be hit on the feet turn. And, you know, he made his tough roll. He's that good. But, generally, yeah. I yeah. mean, generally, if I'm feeding, I don't mind not catching some of my guys just to keep him safe. Yeah. I don't know how squishy he is. Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just playing too upfront then. Stop being so upfront with him. He's mid mid the back line. God damn it! He needs an arc node rare for airburst. <laughs> makes air a lot burst, of sense. Right. Of course, I actually really like airburst, despite the fact it's so insanely. F- in focus intensive. It used to be even more. It used to cause four. Yeah. yeah but I'm four. just happy that it went back to ignoring stealth because it's pretty much the only thing I have to take out Mage Hunter Assassins. Mm-hmm. But you know, much. I'm also happy that, you know, now Epic Arusk to move on to him got airburst. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Epic Arusk is my main caster in Cador, and I still can't figure out why I like him so much. 
Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he stole... He's, like, the only guy who could take Energizer. I wouldn't be angry about them taking it from Epic Nemo. Because it yeah, works a lot. Yeah, he stole that from Nemo. Yeah. But I'm you know what? Know what? About that. Still angry. Yeah, he, he didn't steal it, man. He's about full throttle, too. He's borrowing it with permission. He's just paying royalties. They're both angry old man, and they both don't like Karchev. That's why Nemo collapsed stairs on him. <laughs> one weakness. But you know what? He's got tactical supremacy, which, you know, it doesn't look that good. But, you know, in effect, it's very effective, especially if you're now into hit and run a little bit, especially if you can just tough enemies. Fire for effect. Just throw it on a mortar and never look back. I'd be willing to say it's a fact that the mortar is the best target for that spell. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's mortar or nothing. Well, in, instead of uh, that tagline, throw on a mortar and never look back, you know, why don't you just throw it on two mortars every turn? Cycle. <laughs> cycle it. Cycle it on mortar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're always looking back. And of course, battle lust is always good. And artifice of deviation, it, it's useful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I have nothing bad to say about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it may not be in his inhospitable ground in terms of hurting them, but it helps you in the meantime. And I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. I actually I love my list has two devastators in it. Just because I feel like you gotta have two jacks to take advantage of Energizer. Mm-hmm. So I just kinda run them up the field, energizing up for an extra three. Just get into my opponent's backfield since you can't do anything about it. I've actually got caster kill just by charging their rear arc because they couldn't hurt the Devastator and they they needed to move away in order to stop my attacks in the front. <laughs> so you're kind of like doing a uh, forward and backward pincer. Pretty much. <laughs> Drive through their lines and then come on back. Of course. But, but, but that means the opponent caster is somewhere within your control range between you and your jacks. That's... Pretty damn close. And that's the reason you have Man of War, IFP, using martial discipline and total obedience to stay between you with tough rolls. Mm, true. Yeah, oh, wow. No, that's the reason I won't play Epic Heroesk, is, is those tough rolls. I hate tough so much. Just like as a general <laughs> game mechanic, because it reminds me of a certain other game of like invuln saves and just, no, I really cannot play. It just, it'll drive me crazy finishing. That goddamn Mage Hunter Assassin. Freaking power weapons. Yeah, no, I, I can't do it. I just can't play with tough rolls. It's horrible. It will kill I know. I, I generally, I never ever count on tough rolls because the only times I get them is when I'm already doing well and don't need them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, malfunction at this game at TempoCon where uh, his opponent made 25 tough rolls in the game. Hot oh, damn. With 25 As a in a row. player, I hate and love it all at the same time. My, I've already, in the old forums, I wrote about how if they want to make Tup a real factor in the troll army and want to have to make everything cheap, which they did in Mark II, or make it so you can modify the odds for Tup happening more often. Mm-hmm. See, now, now they don't even do now they don't even do that. Now it's five or better or nothing. You can't even do see Krill Warriors many feet. Mm. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's just, it's so random. It's just too much luck, and I just, I, I can't stand it. It's horrible. Yep, because you can't really count on it. I mean, I still remember a dialer who used up all his luck for the rest of his life in making 12 tough rolls in a row on Gerlach. And he didn't even win that game. But that's the reason he's never allowed to uh, whine about dice again. Well, <laughs> dialer does enjoy whining about his dice. <laughs> yes. You're not allowed to edit that out, dialer. He's our tech guy as well. 
But uh, just back to Ear Rust for a moment. Let's just uh, want to quickly go over his feet, which I think is doesn't look that good first, same with Tactical Supremacy, but it's actually really, really, really effective. Because you pretty much rebuke and minus two speed to every enemy unit model or unit in your control, and you give yourself Pathfinder and pretty much free line of sight. I really like it. Yeah, oh, and the, yeah, the unit thing is big, because you only need to catch one model in the unit, and you stuff the whole unit. Yep. It's just, it works so I won't even care if I've got anyone knocked down, or if I need Pathfinder, I'll just pop it to just completely retard their advance. That's a feat in and of itself. I just find it to be really, really useful. I hate when it's used against me. <laughs> no, it is a good feat. I, I prefer it to uh, primary risk's feat, but yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, for the next one, it's Ari's favorite caster in the world. So we're just going to let him talk for a little while about this. Karchev. <laughs> Take it away. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love Karchev. Um, I mean, Mark II, the cast I was looking forward to most was Karchev. And I think on the Kador boards, definitely... Everyone is a bit, you know, just in love with Karchev. I mean, what was there a lot of Karchev at TempleCon? Uh, yeah, there's there was. Uh, I think I saw at least two or three Karchev players, and I played uh, one of them in the uh, semifinals in State of the Art. He had a really amazingly uh, converted Karchev using, I think, uh, the Extreme Juggernaut's body. Very well done. Oh wow! Yeah, the Extreme. I I don't actually own any of the Extreme models, but I want to. They're really, really nice. But yeah, okay, anyway, moving on back to Karchev. Um, basically, the guy is just, he's a warjack, and everyone loves warjacks, and whatever. But um, the tactic I've been using most is the Karchev gunboat. So it's Karchev with some shooty jacks, preferably like bombards. Not the just to jump in for yeah. helping make the gunboat, I hate you very much. <laughs> just, it's, it's probably the most horrific thing to play against. Because um, it's so mobile and it's like gun lines, but worse because it's, it's so mobile. You'll just never catch it. Um, yeah, sorry. I was actually talking to the guy uh, who we talked about last time with who tried to make the sidearms brick work, and I explained to him the gun line, and he was a bit taken aback. <laughs> or the gunboat, and just God, it's one of those things that you don't expect to see coming. And like, oh, here's Karchev. He's gonna power slide toward my lines really, really quickly. And then all of a sudden, he's just running away, shooting you and laughing, and you're cursing his name to the skies. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's, it's just like Behemoth walks up, he shoots you, then Karchev will come and just turn him away, or Behemoth will aim, shoot you, and then Karchev will turn him away. It's, it's just it's horrible. And I mean, I don't want to play against it. I've never played against it. But yeah, I feel like a bit of a jerk just using it. <laughs> you are a jerk. Horrible, horrible person. <laughs> you feel bad. I mean, oh, yeah. actually, what? I think I've played against you once with it, right? That's yeah, I, I was using Epic Butcher that game, and after a couple of turns, I just like, okay, there's no way I can even catch up to you. Like, I, I think that's one of the reasons you play scenarios, so people can't do asshole things like that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, but Karchev, Karchev is kind of bittersweet. I mean, they, they could have made him just so good. Like, he could have been top tier. Um, but Ground Zero is a spell, I don't know, in like 20, 30 games I've played with him in Mark 2. I think I've cast Ground Zero once, maybe twice. What about uh, Eruption? Eruption? I, I know the use for Eruption, right? Because, I mean, I, I put it in that Tactica, pseudo-Tactica thing I posted on the internet. Basically, you cast it on your friendly Jack, and they can't charge it with non-reach infantry. Um, because then they will just take power 14s and they will just die. I was but playing it's... with Epic Haley one time. 
That was so nice when they cat when he cast that. It was great to use against him. <laughs> oh yeah, because she she can replicate, right? <laughs> Take that, Kaze assassin! Oh, it burns, doesn't it? Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, his spells, he just has so many spells I just don't really use. Ground Zero, I, I used it once to get around Epic Scar's feet, because it stops you targeting things, so anything that doesn't target still works. Um, that's about it, because I, I don't really throw Karchev in there, because he's not that durable. I mean, Defense 12, everyone's like, oh my god, Karchev is like impossible to assassinate, but he's Defense 12. I mean, anything hits him, and they hit him really, really easily, and I never cast sidearms. So, yeah, they could have made him really good. He's not. He's still awesome, but yeah, he's not top tier. Mm, probably. Yeah. A but I, I think he's competitive just because it's when you bring the card chair and you bring three three heavy jacks. It's really hard to deal with all that, unless you have druids or battle mages, and then you kind of laugh at him. Card chair Rick at one point in time. Oh, we talked about it last cast with the uh, somebody tried to work with sidearms. I, I think he's. I'm not sure how well it would work. He says he's still testing it out, but he wanted to find a way to work without either using the gunboat, which will make your opponent punch you in the face, or the power slide, which is really, really easy to see coming. Just the idea of a whole bunch of deaf 13 or 14 jacks kind of walking up the field with arm 20. I mean, uh, no, I've seen I've seen someone do it on um, I think on Vassal only because I don't think anyone owns that many berserkers. <laughs> someone did it with Karchev and literally all six spots around. That was Mindworm Jim, famous for yeah, running all yeah. those crazy lists like Sentinel and Sword Knight spam before they got Shield Guard. <laughs> but yeah, you can run six of those. But uh, so what? You just walk up four inch per turn. Yeah, no, yeah. The the whole block just moves four or eight inches or whatever uh, until you get to them and just see if they can break through all your jacks. And if not, you just sort of slowly attrition them away. Circus spam. It's love for you. It's like a truck. Okay, then. Let's try to get away from the Karchev love. Old Witch. Formerly stupid good feet in Mark 1. Now... Stupid good. Brought down a bit, especially that you can't move after teleporting around. What are your thoughts on her? I mean, she's got both Iron Flesh and Weld Secrets. Mm-hmm. I think she's like, I think she's like a better version of uh, Prime Striker in that uh, she's got a lot more board control, 7 focus, but the same problem as being very upkeep intensive. So, And her upkeeps are pretty much all uh, defensive-based. Uh, Murder of Crows, Iron Flesh, Wield Secret, and uh, Avatar of Slaughter is maybe, maybe offensive, but all her stuff like goes away in one purification, and then you got nothing else. And her feet yeah, is, pretty much. Her feet is like a slightly stronger version of uh, Har- Harbinger's feet. Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, because if you move at all, but if you, if you move out of it, and it requires you to be a lot closer to them. Yeah, but I mean, at least it's not fire damage, so you know, those assault commandos can't dance through it. Mm, yeah. But it's just like, yeah, I think overall tone down her a lot so that she's now a lot more defense-oriented, and uh, that kind of hurts in a game where, you know, you, you want to be the first one to uh, punch your opponent's face yeah. in. I do like her at her feet, other than Harvey says, no running, charging, or special attacks. Uh, I, I think Old Witch is only really decent at all in scenario matches. I mean, she, she's the only guy who's got in Kedora that's got Arc Note, which is quite nice. Yeah, and she has gallows for dragging people out. And I, I still find gallows kind of sucks. It's Just because it's the random drag. 
Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But I mean, and she she can assassinate. I have seen her assassinate. Mm-hmm. Um, you like you run Scrapjack up next to their caster, you teleport in. It's I can't remember the threat range it's on it. Power thir- I mean, it's a, a nice big threat range, but it's power thirteens. You could say power boosted power thirteens or boosted power twelves kill casters, but I mean, Matt eight power thirteen isn't really killing that much. And that's uh, assuming yeah. you already cast uh, Slaughter on yourself the previous turn, which yeah. kind of uh, telegraphs that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, unless you keep Slaughter on you just all game. I mean, some people do just cast it first turn and they just keep it on themselves all game long. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of... She's a decent scenario caster, but outside of that, she doesn't bring much to the table. Although I have seen somebody run up Black Banes to try and just kind of hold her up. Uh, so she just cast Avatar of Slaughter and went, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the little the, the scrapjack lawnmower trick. I mean, I don't know how many of her spells that takes up, but um, she's so sort of I think PP sort of just bent her towards this little trick that I've never pulled off. I've never done it. No one has been stupid enough to feed me their infantry unit for scrapjack to you know just a munch through. <laughs> she's balanced the same way that Menoth is balanced, so kind of the other direction. Menoth is balanced for having bad Menite players, or which is balanced for having bad opponents. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Bad opponents balance a lot of things. <laughs> okay, then. The last caster to talk about for more general tactics. Zerkova. The name I'm betting of a girl who used to beat up souls in high school. I, that's probably why he wears his hairdo. She burned the rest of his head so he can't grow anything else. No. <laughs> okay, okay. No more personal attacks. But Zerkova. She's horrible, and she makes me cry in how bad she is. Mm. You guys. Uh, I usually run her with uh, some uh, shock troopers in, walking in front of her. So uh, what they do is they'll walk up in, in a pair and shield wall with a gap in the middle. Zerkova will walk up and try to throw some spells through that gap. And then some Grey Lord will come up and cloud the Man of War, so blocking line of sight to Zerkova. That's kind of like the one trick I found to somewhat use with her. And that still leaves her all the way up at the front line, like right behind the wall, uh, slightly, like not base-to-base, so that the clout doesn't cover her. I mean, really, the only thing I can say for her is that, you know, Watcher doesn't expire if you just move. So if somebody runs a whole bunch of guys next to her, you can kind of shoot, like, Beast or something across the table, I guess-ish. Oh yes, someone someone came up with that on the forums. They said um, like the like, forty inch beast move. Yeah, I, I was like, who is ever gonna let you do that? I was like, She's wow, balanced for having bad, bad opponents. Yeah, like, oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are bad opponents. I'm still not sure who's worse, her or Darius. Um, I would say her. But yeah, I would say her. I think Kador. Most of their units and models tend to be built as uh, independently as possible compared to other factions' uh, stuffs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Cato army could operate like without their caster support completely. But then you just sense. might as well take you know a different caster. It does everything exactly. better. Yeah, then then you might as well not have a caster, right? It's, it's just your army. Okay, then let's just move on to uh, general tactics and what we love. And what we hate about Cador. First tactic I want to talk about is the Winter Guard Death Star. Fairly standard plan. You take a whole big slew of Winter Guard, any Rocketeers if you want. You take the unit attachment, and you take Kovnik Joseph Griswold. 
Then every turn you either have boosted attack rolls on your sprays, on your blunderbosses, or you have tough and fearless. It's for the total thing, if you don't include any Rocketeers, it's only ten points. Good Rocketeers up to thirteen, and you have one of the most devastating bricks in the game. At uh, bobbing and weaving for defense fourteen, throw an iron flesh to defense seventeen against everything. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I think the only only thing they're uh, annoyed by uh, is things like chain lightning, ashes to ashes, things that auto hit and does enough damage to uh, threaten them because they're they're still just armor thirteen. Uh, blast damage, they don't, they don't they're not too worried about it. Armor thirteen, you can survive most of them. Yeah, power six. I mean, power sevens. I mean, you're generally gonna have tough if you think you're gonna be taking blast damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only reliable way of taking them down is with like multiple chain lightnings, and that's not available to a lot of casters. And Joe, of course, has a Sacrificial Pawn, so he's kind of hard to take out at range. And the UA can just kind of hang back. Yeah. It's difficult. Joe can hang back really far if, he, if he's expecting danger, so yeah. I don't expect to take out Joe at all. Especially because he can talk, give a speech and run. Okay, yeah, what I mean, you, oh, sorry. Yeah, you guys talk about chain lightning being like an efficient way to take them down, but I mean, you think of how cheap the bodies are. You're getting ten points for what thirteen guys. So I mean, you're spending a lot of focus just like chipping away at the unit, and just yeah, they're awesome. And um, and uh, the thing that that's one of the more efficient ways to taking down the blob as is. And it's not that efficient. <laughs> and it's not that efficient at all, no. They're just so cheap per body. So they're so good offensively, they're so good defensively with their death 17, and even when you find a way to kill them, it's not. It's just not efficient because they're so cheap. Pretty much ridiculous amounts of AoE span. Like, play Durgan, or play Men of the Vanquishers. <laughs> or Redeemers. <laughs> and I guess that works, but other than that... Uh... Okay then, yeah. what other nice little tactics do we want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Well, I think that's a, that's one of my big problems with Kador is that that is kind of just the thing. I run that with everyone now. I mean, I run it with any class that's Iron Flesh. Maybe even Prime Vlad, I'll be running them as well. Um, who does that leave? It doesn't leave very many classes. Epic Rusk? Epic Rusk? I might, I might run them with Epic Rusk. Should you take that with uh, Karchev? Uh, no, okay, I wouldn't take it with Karchev. I wouldn't take it with Epic Butcher. <laughs> But yeah. I'll take it with most others because it really is just that sort of it's just a Kador pony now where everyone's going to be running it because it's just it's <laughs> that good and we don't really have that much else because Iron Fang Pipeman got hit pretty hard. So the nice thing about Epic Irusk is that he's the one guy which I can feel good about not taking it, and then I can take a whole bunch of well Iron Fang Pikemen or Man of War even Ulans, and I can feel good about it. Yeah, Epic Irusk doesn't like Ulans. He likes them decently well because he can use battle lust. Yeah, I, I wouldn't take them with him. <laughs> mostly, yeah, mostly I run them with Prime, and maybe yeah. uh, with you know Prime Butcher. Like, yeah, just to use his martial discipline, I'd rather have like Doom Reavers behind uh, the, the Shock Trooper wall or something like that. Yes, the Doom Cannon. Just putting your Man of War tactical supremacy, they can move up, and Doom Reavers are great bears right behind them. Yep, and they're all fearless. <laughs> <laughs> So much fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Winter Guard, just so awesome. They have CMA, CRA, Bob and Weave. 
Uh, they can like they can reach out and touch something with the rockets. I mean, you think, oh yeah, they have really short range, the sort of midfield, but they can just harass you at long range. So you do have to sort of get in their face, engage them, just try to get them out of the way, and it's just not going to happen. Not with Defense Seventeen. It's just oh, it's evil. Yeah, yeah. even without Defense Seventeen, they're just damn good already. <laughs> they're cheap and they're powerful, and their guns normally break shield walls. God, I just—I'd say they're one of the top five units in the game, <laughs> along with the goddamn Mage Hunter Strike Force. May its name be forever cursed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, they're—they are definitely the top caterless, uh, and, and a lot of caterless. Uh, was it the guy uh, Jamie on, on Vaso that plays him? He plays uh, Winterguard and uh, Nis. Yeah, he plays Winterguard and Nis. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just a lot of shooting for Kador. A See, lot of accurate shooting in Kador. I know there's a lot of dissing about the Iron Fang Pikemen nowadays, but I still like them. They're still one of the best 5-8 units out there. They have Shield Wall, Speed 6, Reach, Power 13. Critical Knockdown is icing on the cake, and they have a damn fine mini feat. Yeah, they're okay. I think they're just really vanilla, because I think when I compare them to, like, Satisix Raiders, I'd rather have the Raiders, and I compare them to, like, TFG or the House Guard... Halberdiers. Or well, ha- yeah, the house guards are just what everything a shield wall unit should be, and then some. Yeah, I just I'd rather have one those point cheaper things. than it should be. Yes. Yeah. See, my other issue is that I, you know I have my storm guard for six nine. I'll trade them for your iron fang pikemen any day. Yeah, well, that's signal. I mean, signal have like super guns. I think melee is supposed to be your weakness, while melee is supposed to be our strength. And it's just mm, I don't know. I see too many good alternatives in other factions. Fair enough. So, what are your thoughts on the winter guard rifleman? Um, I don't know. I've hardly, I've hardly played them. I mean, they haven't been out for long. Uh, yeah. I tried them once, I think, with the old witch, and they didn't do that well. I mean, what? How about you? Yeah, I tried them a couple of times. I tried them with uh, Epic Arusk for the martial discipline. I tried them with uh, Vlad for sign important. Um, yeah, they just don't do that much. It's power tens. You can get accurate shots with Joe. Uh, that's kind of a given. But. Uh, then, no CRA kind of sinks them. Yeah, no CRA is their biggest weakness. They cannot tackle anything with like armor 18 or 19. And uh, they're competing with the normal Winter Guard for for Joe basically. <laughs> and that that's a hard hard sell. And that's a fight they're losing every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess suppressing fire, you know, it's nice enough. But then I just look over, you know, at the elves, and they're just better. <laughs> Although, you know, with UA compared to Joe, I mean, Joe is that stupid good. <laughs> he is. Here but you want go. Joe over with your Death Star instead. Yep. Here here you go, full unit. Uh, half leg, 10 focus worth. <laughs> yeah. Stupid fucking Joe ruins everything. He's one of the... Be- ruins everything. I think you, you mean he makes everything... <laughs> and you know what's sad? The siren still makes him kind of look like a pansy. <laughs> yeah, the siren is... Oh, God, I hate the siren. Yes, we got a bitch about it earlier. Yeah, I think Joe is probably one of the best solos in the game for his points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's two. It's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, he should be at least three. Just because, hey... If you made him three, he's still too good for three. It's just his abilities are too strong. Yeah. He turns Winter Guard from a fairly decent 4-6 unit to, oh, my God, what did you just do there? <laughs> Yeah, and I think yeah. Overall, uh, I think the Winter Guard is the thing that keeps Kador competitive, and not a lot of players have uh, started using that yet. 
they're, they're still sticking to what, what they're used to, what they're familiar with in, in Mark 1. And that's, uh, well, I don't know. Things I feel not. you should get used to in Mark 2. Winter Guard? Doom Reavers. Doom Reavers are awesome. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I like Cossites. Screw you all. I uh, want to like Cossites. <laughs> I've just seen them used to such great effect. I mean, it's, it's not going to work in like com- that good of like competitive play because everybody knows when an ambush unit is coming. But, you know, in, in friendly play, I'm willing to grant that they're good enough. I've seen them destroy choirs and TFG bricks. You screw your men off. Well, choirs are one of the things they're supposed, like one of the best target I can pick at. I, mean, I, mean, I guess armies, like yeah. the best thing you can say about them is they force your opponent into the center of the map, which you know in scenario and competitive play, it's like you know what that's where I kind of want to be anyways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I tried to use them a couple times, and most of the time, like even with aiming, it's just they're not accurate. No, I've seen them take out the black thirteen from behind before. Okay, yeah, you, you need really good rolls. Even with aiming. If you're aiming and a backstrike. You're at eight, okay. That's hitting on averages and you're killing right. them on averages. Right, but that, that's banking on, you know, that player not realizing that, right? If, if all, all you had to do was turn the black 13s a little bit sideways so that he faced the edge a little bit more, you wouldn't get backstrike. Yeah. Right? I think that's pretty much a fault of the ambush rule as a whole. Uh-huh. But, you know, just for fun play, I think they're a good enough unit, which, you know, sounds kind of weird coming from me. But I, I I just think they're fun to use. True. I mean the the ambush rule during during one version of the field test had uh, they they get plus two on the turn they come in right. Like okay, they can't aim, yeah. Right, but oh, no, I think they could aim. No, no aim. Uh, no aiming. Okay, but like if they don't care about backstrike, but always get plus two on uh, on the turn they come in, I think that would be uh, a lot better. Okay, let's just wrap this up. One last thing: what's everybody's favorite dragon Cador? Uh, Beast 09? Yeah, Beast 09, hands down. <laughs> pa, you people don't love your Devastators enough. I'm arm 25, you silly mage hunter strike force. I think Devastator is my second runner-up, but yeah, Beast is mm, just... I don't know. I think he, Devastator is my third, but Behemoth is my second. Oh, I like the Devastator and the Spriggan and the Bulldozer Bulldozer. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Beast, so... Beast 09 is such a great jack. The Juggernaut such a great workhorse. The poor Marauder is kind of bad. Mm. But, uh, Eris, uh, other than Karchev, who do you run uh, Behemoth with that you actually like him? Like, I'm, um, I'm still not convinced he's worth 13 points. I think he's worth 12. Old Witch? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't run him. Actually, I would run him with the Old Witch, but I don't think he's that great. Uh, I don't know, Primed Lad, I suppose you get signs importance on the Mortars. Yeah, you just and, refocus on him, I guess. Yeah, and what just, oh, what's horrible is that Field Test P Butcher when he had Warmonger. Oh, oh. God. Behemoth, he was so sweet. <laughs> that that was a just that was stupid good. Yeah. Monger, yeah, I I'd love for it to come back on the new caster and just make it so it boost it boosts for one focus non AOE attacks, and then you mm-hmm. can of course put it on the decimator and make it That's not good. mediocre. Yeah. Okay then, that's Cador in a nutshell. <laughs> At least we hope it is. The strong combos and just quick overview of the caster. Mm-hmm. We're signing off here. I'm Mudden. What's and I'm Aries. We hope you guys all get back with your command range bubble. Peace.